This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson, and I'm joined by Stephen Swankowski. And we've just had a wonderful, wonderful morning. Every once in a while, we see Paul Braun drive by in a golf cart. Yeah. He's usually been he my sidekick waves. here. And <laughs> I think he's really wishing he had your spot. <laughs> oh, yeah? I yeah. think he's enjoying driving that cart around. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's I, pretty fun, too. I think he's too. wishing he was Padre Pio right now and could buy Locate. <laughs> ah. But then, you know, I hate getting by Locating because then you get beside yourself. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> a little dad joke for you this week. Folks, that, we're coming to you live. One. Coming to you live from Rose Creek Golf Course, Putt for a Purpose, and uh, talking this morning about many important things. Of course, uh, being a part of your parish, being a part of the great works that, that's going on in your Catholic community. Again, remember to keep Christ as the center of your day, and that's really the thing. We have to remember to do that, even if it's just when you get up in the morning, before you get out of bed, start the day with the sign of the cross, or ask the Lord, what are we doing today, Lord? Uh, make him the center of your life, because again, the Eucharist, which is Jesus, Jesus is the Eucharist, it's not a thing, it's a person, Jesus and the Eucharist, he is the source and summit of our life, he is the source and summit of our life, everything comes from him, as we've been talking about this morning, and we're going to turn to a, a similar conversation with Mark Holcraft, Executive Director for Real Presence Radio. It's kind of cool to introduce the Executive Director and not say my name <laughs> after that. <laughs> it's well, cool to be across the table for you. How are you doing this morning, Mark? And it's cool to be with you at the same table. Yeah, thank you. I'm doing very well. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's awesome to be here with you. Let's talk a little bit about the Eucharistic Revival. I mean, the, the name, I, you know, always working at Real Presence Radio, and obviously the, our emblem is the Eucharist. It has mm-hmm. been. Right, presence right, radio right. um you know early on working at real presence with other you know secular groups they'd say real presence radio oh that that's really cool with radio because you're everywhere you're really present everywhere and i'd yeah. say that's a nice idea <laughs> that's not really what it's about because it's about jesus who is truly present everywhere right yeah. but it has so many yeah. meanings what well, it it does and there's always layers to it um as part of one of the things i think i love about the catholic faith but as far as just real presence radio it is it's a conversation starter you know even as i was setting up here janine was walking in and i was talking to a gentleman uh, who's not catholic we were just talking shop though and he was just drawn by the idea of doing radio and, and as we were talking so well, real presence radio I said, well it's, it's a catholic radio station which usually draws a reaction of they get quiet real fast oh you know or it's like oh okay that's cool so so this catholic radio you guys, you guys play music you know because i think that's what the first thinking so it's an opportunity it's a conversation starter and a chance to share the faith um, and, it, and in this case, there's two gentlemen. Another, well, I guess I can't listen because I'm not Catholic. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because we have not, lots of non-Catholics that like to listen. And there's all kinds of reasons. So there's layers to why a person's not only drawn to real presence radio, but how do you engage that conversation with different people, what, what that can mean. Um, but ultimately, to draw them into that, that kind of funnel effect, if you will, of, no, it actually has to do something to our Catholic faith, believing in a true presence of Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, which this morning's conversation never got to that point, <laughs> you know, but it is, it, it allows those opportunities. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that's so important, too, is that a lot of our listeners, if they are Catholic, you know, we need to remember that we don't know it all. I mean, we're on this pilgrimage, Amen. you know, throughout life, and there's just something that we're always learning. And, and I know, like, Brad and I will have a show and we'll have guests on, and we're like, wow, we just deepened our faith even more 
by what our guest came on to talk about and yeah. the subject they had. And you just feel the Holy Spirit working in such a profound way through this apostolate. And it's, uh, it's very humbling and it's very beautiful. And so when we think about, uh, number one, Jesus and his 33 years on, in this world as man, you know, but God man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in his, from the beginning of time, he's been through this whole journey with all the men and women who have lived throughout salvation time. Well, I mean, think of that. I mean, it's just like, yep. wow. I'm and, so- oh, and many of the church fathers tell us that from the beginning, you know, the Lord knew what we were going to do. Yeah. And from the beginning, he knew that he was going to redeem us. He had a plan. And of course, we know that's why Satan... Okay, Satan, one of the greatest angels, Lucifer, who was the angel of light, he fell because he saw that man would become higher than the angels, and he said, "I will not serve." Yeah, pride. And he saw that and said, "I'm not. I'm not doing that." How can a human? How can a created being, uh, you know, be higher than, or, or without intellect or a lower intellect, be higher than the angels who have perfect, perfect mm-hmm. intellect? And so yeah. he was. The Lord said from the beginning, "I'm going to do this." And how cool is that? That. You know, when you think of how the pride of Satan was his fall, but the humility and sacrifice that Jesus made for us, I mean, oh my goodness, it's just like... Well, and even <laughs> you can't even have words to explain yeah. like the difference in that disposition or attitude. I mean, it's godly versus. And Janine, one thing that stands out to me that I'm appreciating what you just said. Uh, well, even just a moment ago, when you said we don't know it all, because this is really for any of us who's in the work of evangelization. This is off, often a point of confrontation, whether from non-Catholics or Catholics who have fallen away is this idea, this feeling that the, you guys just act like you know it all. The church has all the answers, and the first thing they're going to point to is, of course, is all the mistakes and sins right. that Catholics have made. And so I think it's just so important to express and to communicate, yes, like we don't know it all. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know, revelation of God is still being discovered. You know, Scripture, tradition, we do believe, and this is one of the things, as Catholics, we believe we have the fullest expression of truth as revealed by God. The fullest expression of truth. But we're still discovering it mm-hmm. and learning it, you know, and still engaging in what is that truth and beauty, how God reveals himself through us. Um, and that's something I have found has been another great conversation started because I've had those conversations with people who are just, they're, they're fed up, they're, they're hurt, they're wounded, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the reason is behind it. Um, and so to still be able to communicate with a sense of confidence, um, but at the same time, the humility, <laughs> humility that acknowledging we are sinners, right. um, you know, and I'm reminded of it more than I think anywhere. So I, I go from you know those conversations with Catholics, maybe falling away to non-Catholics, to my own family life. Who is going to know my mistakes and my sinfulness better than anyone? My wife and kids, you know. And so, and Stephen, I know we just touched on base briefly, but in that relationship as a father and a husband. You know, back to uh, the, the Real Presence, Real Presence Radio, uh, Eucharistic Revival, tying in Real Presence. I'm just mindful, too. Like, every day we're immersed in that sense of, okay, who am I as a father? And how, what is central to my life? And I heard you guys allude to it, I think, with Father Craig. If the Eucharist, as Catholics, is not central to our life, uh, we're, we're probably heading down a bad road. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, maybe I'm saying it nicer. Mm. <laughs> you, know, we're, you know, we are headed down a bad road. 
yeah. you know. Um, and I think even now, I, I, we hear so often, um, and maybe in that role as executive director for me, I do, I'll hear a lot of the feedback of people who are frustrated, overwhelmed, um, whether it's certain things they want, hey, I heard this on Real Presence Radio, what did this mean? Um, but people are very discouraged Except if they're tied to the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. The faithful who are really tied to the Eucharist. Now, is that a shot at those who are discouraged and, you know, they're not going to Mass? It's not a shot at anyone. It's actually wanting to invite those. If we're finding we're struggling, if we're finding that we're discouraged by what we see in culture and society, if we're finding, you know, where can you go everywhere you turn and look, there's some message that's almost anti-Catholic or uh, antithetical to what the Church teaches. Um, Those things can be very hard. Um, but if you're grounded and rooted in the faith, the Lord gives us the strength. And I, you know, without, I've been going over here for a little while, but I even tie in, I think of uh, today's feast, is Alfonso Sigori yeah, today. Yeah. Um, and he's reminding us of that, you know, mm-hmm. as a great teacher of the faith, as a doctor of the church, he reminds us, um, even the Eucharist, how, uh, he, something along the lines, um, you spend a quarter of an hour in front of the Eucharistic Lord in adoration. That will bring more grace to you. I'm paraphrasing here. Mm-hmm. More grace to you than most activities that you'll do the rest of the day. Yeah. Just 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's possible. Why am I sharing that? For those of us who maybe find ourselves a little bit discouraged or frustrated. For me as a dad, as a husband, the things that can, as in my own kids, you know, wanting to raise our kids in the faith and have them not be discouraged or taken out or follow those false gods down this road mm-hmm. to make the Eucharist at the center, bring it to the center of our family life. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a great point you make about humility earlier too, Jeannie, because I think humility is the key to always moving forward in all of these situations, right? The first thing is obviously the Lord humbled himself to come into the world through a virgin, a, a human being, right. she, he humbled himself, and he wouldn't. He even didn't even allow himself to save man, except through man. Um, so he, he humbles himself for that. But also this idea of and Saint Therese of Lisieux talks about this: that if you are surprised by your sins, if you are angered by your sins, then you're too prideful. Hmm. Because in humility, you should know yourself that you are going to fall. So when you fall, say, "Yeah, that's." Uh, that's me, and get back up and keep moving. And so the same thing with the church. When we see the church and say, oh, yeah, the church is broken, our response is, yep, it is. Right. Oh, the church right. has fallen. Yep, it is. And we get back up and we keep moving because our Savior, as we mm-hmm. talk about, is Jesus Christ. He's the only Savior. There is no need for any other Savior. He's Jesus Christ. We all, in our own humility, need to recognize that we are fallen. Mm-hmm. And the Catechism tells us about that. The moment we forget that man is fallen, we can no longer minister to man. We will be out of touch with only not only ourselves, but all of humanity, because we are fallen. And it goes back to humility. And, and yeah, and that's what... That's what the devil wants to use to keep us trapped in that sin. So even the power and the beauty of the sacrament of reconciliation isn't going to work for that fallen human being because you're just going to keep reliving it, reliving it. Did God really forgive me? I don't know. You know, and he keeps using that to make it so you feel that you aren't forgiven and that that wasn't something Mm -hmm. that actually happened. So it's just the sacramental nature of our church is so incredible. And, And just my plea to any of you who are listening that are struggling with your Catholic faith or thinking about you know, re- getting into the Catholic faith a little more, learning a little more. The sacramental nature of our church 
is so beautiful and all given to us from God himself. I mean, that's where it came from. It's not man-created. You know, it all came from... God. Folks, if you're just joining us, this is Real Presence Live. We're coming to you live from Rose Creek Golf Course for the Putt for a Purpose, talking about faith, humility, Eucharistic revival, all sorts of great Catholic thoughts. Um, we're going to continue that conversation on the other side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And this is Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us and staying with us this morning uh, and for entering into the conversation. Of course, check out our website, realpresenceradio.com. And remember to download the app. Uh, Real Presence Radio app. Uh, you can listen on your phone 24-7 anywhere across the world, actually, because of the Internet, but also listen on the radio station. We're available uh, wherever you are, Real Presence Radio. Uh, we're in the studio, or actually on site, uh, in our makeshift studio, which is a tent here at Rose Creek Golf Course for the Putt for a Purpose. Steve Sponskowski here along with Janine Bitson and Mark Holcraft, Executive Director for Real Presence Radio. And you had a story you wanted to share, Janine, about your daughter. Yeah, she had just gone on pilgrimage uh, with the JP2 Institute to Poland. And, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about this with where the light is, where... Um, 
God's grace can be found, but then in the world where the devil is inserting this despair and this, you know, fear and, and so forth. But she was in the Crypt Church in Poland and they were celebrating Mass. So imagine that, a Crypt Church, and you're downwards, you know, below ground, and, and the, the power went out. And the priest continued to celebrate the Mass, and there was darkness, but she's like, everybody just felt so calm and so full of hope, you know, that even in the darkness, there was all this warmth. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and how powerful that is when we're in the presence of the Eucharist, the pres- real presence of God, that we shouldn't be fearful we shouldn't be in despair. We shouldn't be troubled. I mean, we can be sad that things are happening, you know, in the world. And then, um, but do we take it to prayer? Do we take it to God? Do we ask for His guidance in the darkness? You know, and that's that's just so important because there's always hope. Then, no matter what the struggle is, you know, I'm you just can... picturing that setting, Janine, and it almost makes that experience of mass more intimate. Mm-hmm. The lights go out. And the focus is drawn. Whatever distractions there were, who knows what God's plan was. But those, I've been in mass when the lights go out. And so just general, but not in a crypt. So that just seems awesome. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> in a very cool cryptic kind of way, there's your dad joke for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, coming in, it, it just makes it more intimate. And your focus just is drawn to the altar. Yeah. Um, and so I can imagine, just that would have been beautiful. Not just, it's almost poetic. Right. Um, I think I cut you off in your story, though. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's that's all there is to it. It's just that, you know, a lot of people, if you're not, I think if you're, you're not constantly growing and challenging yourself in your faith, and then you get distracted by the events of the world, I mean, think about it, she's in Poland, you know, and everything going on in Ukraine, you know, and it's just on the doorstep, you know, what would be... Maybe my first thought, like, uh oh, okay, here we go, you know. But no, hers was like, I'm with Jesus, everything's cool. You know, and that's what we all need to strive for is like, no matter what happens in the world, God is in control and salvation history is is written and and we're blessed to be part of it. And yet we need to live a life without fear. And that's where our prayer life and the Eucharistic life is so vitally important you know even 15 minutes in front of uh the blessed sacrament right, uh, right. in front of uh, at adoration it's incredibly powerful that experience and so if this eucharistic revival helps to get more people in the adoration chapel or working with the liturgical um uh, decorating of the church and and how many uh, janitors do we know from churches that became priests you know there is something about being in god's house in god's presence well you know and, and more importantly as the lady our job is to evangelize the world yeah you know that's our job we take we take the grace of the mass the grace of the eucharist and take it into the world where the priests cannot go um, obviously, yeah, being part of the liturgy is great, but that's actually, you know, the priests, the deacons, that, that's kind of their role. You get involved in taking Christ into the world. Uh, this weekend I was involved in, in a local fair um, and uh, there, and, and I do all the announcing for, for this, a lot of the shows there. And uh, one of the parents came, came up to me later and she says, hey, I, I went up to your daughter and asked her, I said, what does your dad do for a living? 
And she just said, uh, he works in relationships. So I, I went to my daughter, who's you know old enough to know exactly what I do, and I said, so uh, why did you, do you not know what I do? And she goes, yeah, Dad, I know what you do, but how do I explain what you do except for that you work in relationships? Because you work in the church in relationships, you work in radio in relationships. She said, I thought the easiest thing is just say he works in relationships. And I thought, you know, the key to everything, and we talk about the Eucharist, the Eucharist is not a thing. It's a person. It's Jesus in the Eucharist. It's all about relationship. And, yeah. and actually at Mass yesterday, of course, the, the homily, the, 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 uh, the gospel was all about you take nothing with you except for the relationships, okay? You mm-hmm. take none of these things that you own come with you. When you get to, when you get to the pearly gates, as it were, um, you know, and the priest said this in a homily yesterday, Father Durkin, he said, the Lord's not going to say to you what you have. He's going to say, who did you bring with you? Mm-hmm. Who did you bring with you? It's all about relationship. The Eucharist is about relationship. All these things, it's about relationship. The Lord came to earth to be in relationship with us. I mean, it's all about that. And so, you know, honestly, the conversation we've had this, I had this week with my children while we were at the fair, we were talking kind of regularly about the thing of, you know, one of the kids said, well, I, you know, what do you think about skydiving, Dad? And I said, not on my list. I don't know it's how on that, mine. I, I don't know how that builds a relationship. You know, so the conversation kind of went down to like, unless what I'm doing builds a relationship, what value does it really have? So, you know, so the conversation is we have to go back to the beginning. And, you know, and, and let's go back to the beginning of when Christ said, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. John six fifty three. And at John 6, 6, 6, they left him, and he turned to his followers and said, Will you leave too? And Peter said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have right. the words of eternal life. Again, it goes back to relationship. Why do you believe in the Eucharist? Because I trust Jesus' word. Because I believe what Jesus said. Why do you stay within the Catholic Church even though she has fallen, even though she is filled with sinners? Because I trust Jesus' word. I have a relationship with Jesus, therefore I know that his words are true. It all goes back to relationship. It does, it does. I, I want to share a story that you reminded me of, Steve. So last Friday, uh, Bishop Robert Barron was installed as the new bishop for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And we had gone down there, I had gone down there. And he shared the same story at Thursday evening's Vespers uh, prayer and then the liturgy of his installation Friday morning. He shares a story, and I just think it's very, it ties right into what you were just sharing, really much of what was shared this morning. Um, Bishop Barron relates a story that early in his priesthood, um, when he was still a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, at the time Cardinal George was the, was the Archbishop there and was alive. And Archbishop George, apparently he was known for, I say Cardinal George, was known for sharing the story of uh, to the priest just being ordained. Um, and he he's never forgotten it and just kind of took it to heart uh, in his being a bishop, Bishop Barron being a bishop. And that is, he would say to the seminarians, in the beginning the church did not have diocese, it didn't have bishops, it didn't have the structures, it didn't have the doctrine laid out. We, all, we need all this, it's all good. But what was there in the beginning? There were evangelists. Mm-hmm. We know there were evangelists in the beginning of the church. And it's made the church what it is today in, in its size and, and all these things. And so why he was, he was sharing it, uh, Bishop Barron, is he, was, he kept expressing during his installation, if you want to know what my program is, it's going to be about evangelization. Now, maybe for those of us who recognize the name Bishop Barron, we wouldn't be surprised. Word on fire. He's known for speaking, being invited to speak to s- several secular groups. Because that's, that's where he feels he's called to go into these areas where maybe the gospel has not been welcome or where 
uh, different lay people are going ahead to try to infuse the gospel, whether you work for Google, you work for Facebook, you work. So this is it. Because I think a lot of us, um, a lot of faithful myself, I know I've, I've fallen into it too. Like, oh, well, we don't want to go there. We don't, we don't, you know, Amazon's, you know, if we have issues, Amazon issues with any of these companies because of actions they've done. And yet, that's not the gospel. The gospel is no, you need to go into those areas. Right. And you need to proclaim the truth, claim some ground, and let let that culture change. And I think that's one of the things in our time that we're seeing. We hear often, at least I've heard often, what a great time to be alive. Mm-hmm. You know, for such a time as this, we're the ones called to be in the church, present to the church. And I, that's brought me to prayer a lot of times. I'm like, gosh, really? Because some things are kind of hard. <laughs> you know, but... but it's never um, been easy for no, anyone. No, but if, if you're exactly if you're going into where the gospel maybe it's not been received or welcomed or accepted, um, there's always going to be that challenge. But how gratifying it is when you start to see that change, and people need to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, so even your story of the the church in the crypt or the mass mm-hmm. in the crypt um, at this most recent spring live drive when we were we were in Montevideo. And a huge storm went through and went through Brookings and Montevideo and onward toward Rochester, which is, of course, a big part of our listening network. And um, we were a father. I think Father Tim comes up, says, uh, Mark, we were just on a break and we could see the winds going through. We knew stuff was howling through. Mark, just want to know what you want to do. Totally nonchalant, very calm. I just think you should know. There's a severe thunderstorm warning right now. They're expecting winds to be 100 miles per hour coming through. What should we do? Well, Father, and in the meantime, he just did Mass about an hour earlier. He has Eucharistic adoration in this kind of small parish. And there's five or six people in front of our Lord while this huge storm is blowing through. Well, Father, are you still going to do an adoration? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Then we'll stay on the air. <laughs> you know, I just felt like, but again, I think those stories need to be told mm-hmm. as far as like the mm-hmm. faith of the priest, the power and trust in our Eucharistic Lord. No, they'll be fine. He was very calm. 100 mile per hour winds, but he was very calm. So, and, and we were fine. We lost power for about a minute and then back on. But it just what the Lord does to go into those areas that are blowing through. Mm-hmm. The winds can feel heavy, you know, figuratively speaking, right? Um so I just, I think that's, those stories are profound. The one that Bishop Barron had shared in the beginning, there were evangelists. And then the story with Father Tim, as far as the wind's going to blow through, what should we do? Stay close to our Lord. Yeah. Right? And, and there's just so much we can learn from the early Christians. And I think more profound than ever in my life, this Easter season, it, it's just, I want to just unpack, unpack, unpack more of the early Christians and be one of them. Absolutely. And folks, so we're here unpacking the conversation here on Real Presence Live, coming to you live from Rose Creek Golf Course. Uh, we're going to step away and come back for another conversation with Brady Borslin, uh, talking about the youth camps here in the Diocese of Fargo. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 